Mills to Ablett. Oh, Justin Madden's got the set, one hand. Oh, oh, oh. oh the post is broken, Matthews hit it. Oh, talk about a he-man. Dream rises to the top. He is an absolute legend of the game. This is your Football Life with Rex Hunt for Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives. Well, we are doing that again today, Matthew, and thank you to you all over the nation for tuning in to This Is Your Football Life. The VFL-AFL is a wonderful Australian game and thousands of men have played the game at this the highest level. Some play and move on, others make more of an impact. Such is the case with today's guest. And as usual, I'll give you a few clues. Can you work out who it is? Played 274 matches with Richmond between 1978 and 1993, including 344 majors. A Richmond Premiership player. Goodness me, how rare is that in 1980? A dual best and fairest, 86-87, three-time All-Australian. Vic representative 20 times, if you don't mind, including three as captain of the Big V. He's in the Australian Football Hall of Fame and at in the Richmond team of the century. Can you reckon, uh, do you reckon you know who he is? He's a little man in stature, but to me, he's little big man with the biggest heart in the world. He is Dale Waitman. He's known as the Flea. He's on the line. Flea, you are a star. Oh, thanks for those kind words, Rick. (laughs) (laughs) You came from the banks of the Murray River at Mildura when Richmond had a a leasehold on that particular area. And uh, tell us a little bit about the early years when you were playing up there for Mildura Imperials. Yeah, well, look, I was probably pretty lucky because my father played over three hundred games in the, the local competition. Then he went out to the bush and he played played until he was forty six. I didn't last that long, but Goodness <laughs> he, me. He, he was a, he's an icon. Very good junior coach. He, he coached all through the juniors and then he uh, coached senior footy and everything. So I had a really good grounding, and I still remember the uh, the last uh, year I uh, before I moved to when I got invited down to Richmond. I was. Um, Barry, Barry Knight, Matthew Knight's dad, yep. coaching the, the under-17s. And funny, at the start of the year, he said to me, look, we've got two other blokes and only in the side that, funny enough, are a little bit smaller than me. Uh, and they said, look, they can only play on the ball. They can't play anywhere else. And they, he said to me, do you mind playing centre-half forward? And I looked at him and I thought... To you? Oh, yeah, to me. Goodness would, would me. I mind playing centre-half forward? And I've, I've looked at him and I said, he said look, oh, look, you're good enough to... Get, We'll get the ball up there. You, you just run around. Don't forget, we'll do. I've got big ground, so I could run a bit, and I could. I knew what, what I did with the ball. And uh, in the end, I actually uh, played half four for for most of the year. A couple of times I went on the ball when we need to, but it was one of those experiences where, and I did all right. I actually kicked under the goal for ten half four. So Goodness I did me. all right. I did all right. And and the funny thing, and, and the thing about it was that the coach at the time in the seniors. Um, uh, Russell Darcy, I still remember his name, and uh, he wouldn't claim me because he thought I was too small. So he, there was one game we were playing out at um, at, at uh, Kumiala. We were playing against Wentworth, who were rough and tough. The McGlynn boys were um, uh, there; they were rough, and all that. Benny McGlynn, who plays for the Swans now, yeah, they, they were um, uh, one of the uh, one of the boys' uh, sons. So I, I knew him pretty well. No, uh, so he, he put me on the bench. I come on for the. I reckon ten minutes in the in the last quarter, kicked three goals, but 
didn't get another game for the year. So Goodness I me. went back and played in the uh, in the under seventeens, and I still remember, that, uh, lucky enough that uh, uh, Alan Alan Swab was um, was uh, at one of the games I played in. Yeah, and he tells the story. He went back to GR and said, "God, I've just seen this this boy play in Mildura Imperials, and he uh, he could, he's playing centre forward. He's running around, kicks, and does all that kind of stuff." Of course, GR was rubbing his hands together. Yeah. We've got another Royce Hart. Yeah. And of course, <laughs> G- GR was Graham Richmond, the great powerhouse yeah. administrator at Richmond at the time. Yeah, that's right. And, and, and then, then uh, uh, Swabby said, look, he's five foot six and weighs about 10 kilos. But yeah. they still invited me down, which was, which was great. It's an amazing thing, and if you've just joined us, this is Dale Waitman, affectionately known as the Flea. He is, without a doubt, a star. There's no doubt about it for Richmond and in our great Australian game. Uh, country footy was pretty tough, you said. Uh, I think it is still pretty tough, but back then, it, it seemed so more significant than what it does today because, you know, the most important thing on radio and television is they announced where everyone was from, from whether it was Birchip or, you know, Irimple or whether it was from Norwood or anything. It was a big deal where you came from and the country was just the heartbeat of our great Australian game. Oh, there's no doubt about that, Rex. And, and I suppose in those days there was no, um, there was no like, the TAC Cup where all the kids now, like... And because Mildura is so isolated, all because it's 550 k's from from Melbourne, and and now now the kids that want to play try to get in the TAC, they've got to actually either travel to Bendigo uh, twice a week to train. So the yeah. parents have got to take them to Bendigo, play with the uh, Bendigo Pioneers, and then then or they have to move to Bendigo to play in the form. So it makes it makes it hard for them. The the boys up that far up there. Uh, and I reckon that's one of the reasons why we probably haven't that haven't had um, that many from the area over a long period of time. I know Matty Days who, who, who's at the Tigers now, but yeah. apart from that, I reckon it's at least one, one thing. It was great playing uh, in at home, and you felt secure. You're doing your schooling and all that kind of stuff. And then the then the site, then the club, obviously Richmond was um, zoned to the Sanasia area, and they came down and had a look at me. Then I went up moved to uh, to play in Melbourne in the under-19s, where you had, I suppose, on the list, you had probably three-quarters from the country, yeah. which was great. And yeah. also, Richmond were in the middle of an unbelievable era. You know, they'd won four flags starting in 67, uh, and then, you know, the other one that you were involved in, 80. Uh, you came to the Melbourne High School, which is very, very sport-orientated back then, uh, played in the Herald Sh- uh, Shield, and in the Richmond under-19s, it, it was a great step up to just see if you were going to go to the next level because I reckon they were great grounding areas, Flea. Oh, there's no doubt about that, Rex. You're right about Melbourne High School. I know now that they, they struggle a bit. They, they've gone fairly academic. But in those days, any kid that came down from uh, the bush, uh, I know Richmond put them into, um, into Melbourne High School. Yeah. I think so did Melbourne and a few other clubs. Oh, we had a really yeah. good time. I, I can remember, you know, as a senior player going down and uh, Tommy said, you want to come down and have a look at this blonde-headed kid. It was a bloke called Brian Wood, you mm. know, who played uh, in premierships for us and premierships for Richmond, and, and he was on the wing, and goodness me, he killed him. Um, uh, tell us about, you know, coming down as a centre-half forward. Obviously, you're not going to be a <laughs> centre-half forward. Did you adjust pretty quickly and say, gee, I'm a chance here because I'm playing OK? Oh, no, I never thought I was... Look, I came down... Look, I, I, I very rarely came down to Melbourne. Uh, I think in the, uh, I've been there once or twice with the old man either to go to watch the cricket, the MCG and that. We 
I watched. I remember being a youngster watching uh, the Garfield Savers make 254. That was a highlight for the rest of the world. Yeah, that's yeah. what it was. Too. It was and, and, and look, I I suppose I was one of those guys that up the bush. You played a lot of cricket, and I was a I played. I wasn't a bad. I was probably when I was younger. I was probably a better cricketer than I was a footballer. So I was I was really keen on the cricket. When I came down to Melbourne, Mark Lee, the big general, he made he, oh, uh, he he'd already moved down the. The year before, did you know him before that? Yeah, look, look, we played against each other, but yeah. weren't, it wasn't yeah. that close. He played for Mildura, and I played in Pirus, and we shared the same ground. So I, I knew we, who, who he was, and that means a big, you know, tall, big bloke. And, and he went down the year before, so and he, he he was living with a family out in Sandringham, so it was great. Like we um, we went there, and uh, at least I had I, I knew someone, and, and we got I got settled in there, and the family were were fantastic. Uh, but the thing was, though, Rex, in those days, look, I'd very sheltered life being up in the bush. So he said, let's go for a run. I looked at him on a Sunday morning. It was about 30 degrees. He said, what for? Yeah. We lived in Abbott Street. So we ran down ran down to the over, and it was the fittest I've ever been, um, uh, Rex, because we ran up there every day for, you know, all through pre-season because I, it was the top of the beach. Yeah. So you can imagine how fit we were. Rex. Oh, really <laughs> fit. Mate, we were running up and down there every day. And that's, what, and that's what it was like, you know. And so it was a bit of fun, mate, me in general. And it was good yeah. that, we, um, that we, you know, we got to know each other. And I suppose that, you know, we played over a couple hundred games together each as a as a, an on-balling uh, uh, Com- combination. Just so fantastic. It was, it was great. Yeah. No doubt about it. 78-79, uh, you're in and out of the side a bit, trying to establish yourself. Uh, a, a bit frustrating or you just thought, I've just got to take my time here because it's a big step up under 19's reserves, up to the seniors, back to the reserves. You took a while to sort of find your feet, but you eventually did and went bang. Yeah, I reckon, well, the third, I must look, uh, Barry Richmond gave me my first chance. I played the first three games in uh, 78 in, in the seniors. Uh, yes. The first game we played against Carlton at the G. We won, we fell them by 10 or 12 goals. In the next game, we played uh, North Melbourne at North Melbourne. And they battled us by about the same. Then the third game, I um, we played St Kilda at the MCG, and it was a draw. So, yeah, it was. Uh, and, uh, and so it was one of those uh, things: was a big win, big loss, and then a draw. And I thought, this keeps on going. I'll end up like KB and bald, and that's what I am at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> I played in that drawn game, and it was just magnificent. There that's was no doubt about it. You did too. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. and the thing was, the thing was, and Barry Richardson said, "Look, um, you're still a bit light, and you're getting pushed off the ball." So the next three, uh, I reckon the next three, I worked, you know, Jimmy, uh, uh, Johnny Goss, who was running the gym here, said, look, we, we can work on you and do a bit more work. And look, I, I, I did, I, I virtually, um, for the next, you know, a couple of years and three or four years, I really worked and it just got me strong so I couldn't get knocked off the ball. And, and I reckon that helped because I, I always had really good skills because I turned, I, I was taught by a long, my father, as I said, taught me about the kicking the handball, how important. He said, look, it's hard enough to get. Make sure you use it when you get it. And that's what I worked on all my career. And I suppose that's probably... And that's the thing. is, no just getting it and just kicking it anywhere. You've got yeah. to use it in the best you could. And uh, and that's probably what I worked on. So from then on, I, uh, I, I got... You know, it's, it's like most things, Rex. When you, when you come from... So I didn't play any senior footy in Mildura. I played... 10 minutes of footy. Yeah. So all mine, was, then I went in, played in the 19s. I did play a couple of games in the reserves in 78 while I was still in the other 19. And lucky enough, I had a um, had a couple of blokes there that looked after me in the reserves. I had Robbie McGee, 
Yeah. I remember that uh, Robbie Muir had a dip at me and he soon fixed uh, Robbie Muir up. <laughs> I can't tell you on radio what he did to me, but, yeah. uh, but, but those are the things. So I felt, okay, I felt a bit secure. So, and it's one of those things where once you, once you get the hang of it, you get to know the, you know, know the, the pace of the game and everything, uh, you know, it was great. There's no doubt about that. We're talking to Dale Waitman, affectionately known as the Flea. And before we take a break and then come back about the 1980 Grand Final and the rest of your career, uh, when was the first time someone called you Flea? The big fella, uh, big cloak, big cloak, big uh, Scott. Oh, look, I suppose I was, mate, don't forget I was, 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 I in my first year in 1978. And uh, I suppose it was at that particular stage that uh, most times, uh, you know, although people knew your name was Dale, it was just uh, not G'day Dale, G'day Flea. Yeah, and it's, and and it's that, the same that, today. It is. It hasn't changed. No. It hasn't changed. When someone calls me, I, I always, someone, uh, when people were like say, call me uh, Mr. Waitman. I say, hang on, that's my father's <laughs> that's name. Father. That's your father. He that's played over father. 300 games in the bush. <laughs> that's right. He was, he was a superstar. I'm ah. Mr. Waitman either Flea. Please fine by me. So that was, that's how I'm, I'm perfected. And, and, I, and when they call Dale, I'm picking the news. Yeah, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, every, yeah. Every either either that or it's serious. That's right. <laughs> well, I've got three sons and they all call Fantastic. This is Dale Waitman, folks, as you know, affectionately known as the Flea, a Richmond and a VFL AFL champion. We're going to take a break on behalf of uh, of Tobin Brothers. And uh, you can check us out on Twitter at Rex Football Life. And it's all for Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives. Dream rises to the top. He is an absolute legend of the game. You're listening to This Is Your Football Life with Rex Hunt for Tobin Brothers Funerals. Celebrating lives. Oh, thank you very much, Matthew. I get a good thrill every week, you know, interviewing some of the stars and legends of this game. And a little bit of a special tiger flavour today gets a little bit of a spring in my step. We're talking with Dale Flea Waitman, the champion Richmond Rover and 1980 Premiership player. Uh, when they call you the Flea, of course, you're smaller than Brent Harvey, who is known as one of the midgets going around in modern football. So you were two centimetres shorter than him. So you had plenty on your side getting in the nooks and crannies amongst the legs and arms. Oh, there's that, Rex. And I suppose it's like uh, one thing about uh, Harvey, I, I love because he hasn't lost his pace. He hasn't injured his lightning. Oh. He's still tearing him up. Yeah. You know, and he, he could well, well, well and truly uh, get Michael Tuck's record. <laughs> He's going. Yeah. Playing good quality footy and so forth. Oh, look! I, as, uh, in my in my time, I suppose I was always this size, so I didn't really think I was small. It's just that's what I was. Yes. And I just had to make sure that I was a. And one thing, you had to be a bit smarter. You had to, you know, I think my peripheral vision was pretty good, so I knew what was happening. I yeah. Where about me? And that's what um, I suppose when you look at blokes my size, and there's a few running around now. They've uh, they've got to be they they've got to know what's going on and, and actually. Uh, they're good in traffic, and I think I was pretty good in traffic, and that's oh, what you've got to do. I know you were. And that's what you've got to do, so, yeah. Dale Waitman has joined us, folks, and uh, let's get a community uh, thing out of the way at the moment. A big problem in the community at the moment is diabetes, both, you know, full-blown diabetes and type 2, and you played with diabetes. Uh, how did you manage that back then when they don't, didn't know as much as they know today, Dale? Yeah, it was, Rex, it was trial and error. It was amazing. Like, now that they've... Uh, you know the amount of work that's been done now with it, and, and so forth. I do a, every year. I, I invite uh, over a month. Uh, the last four or five years, I 
I bring the a, a group of uh, kids down on a Wednesday through uh, June, and I the uh, diabetics. And I, I get another young kid that's about 14 or 15 now, and he talks about what he's done. Uh, he's a really good athlete and plays footy. Just gives the kids an idea that you can actually it can be managed as long as you look after, do all the right things. Because I played, I uh, I was really cook after after 1983, and I um. I'm thinking, oh, what's wrong here? I'm trying, I'm training really hard. Yeah. I'm losing all this weight. And look, I, I only played for about 69, 70 kilos, and I was down to 60 kilos. Goodness me. And at, and at Christmas time, I went away for a holiday, and I'm thinking, I'm getting up, I'm going to school, and I'm feeling cramped my legs. And I saw that there was a, uh, a disease going around that was affecting your limbs. So I just went to call the clock doctor. I said, I've got these are, and he said, I said, he said Jesus. Is anyone else in your family a diabetic? And my older brother got exactly the same age. Yeah. But he was five years older than me, so I didn't really know much about it. And uh, so did all the tests, and like your blood glucose levels are supposed to be between four and eight. Yes. I was 34. Oh, my so God. So I was just about coming into a coma. So Goodness I was in hospital for two weeks so just to get myself organized and all that kind of stuff. Oh, look, it was trial and error. I, 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 I asked them, uh, the, the people there, the dietitian, well, what some of the things I can do to, to play, because that's all I was right about. Am I still going to be able to play footy and sport? And I said, look, there's no one else playing footy, but, you know, there's, you know, so it was kind of, I read as much as I could about it. So, and, and it's funny, like the first, the first games, like leading up to games, I try to eat everything on the morning of the game uh, and try to, you know, so I can get through the game for the food and everything and I just adjust the insulin and all that. Then I, what I do is, so I wouldn't get low in sugar while I was playing, I gave a bag of lollies to all the trainers sitting around the ground. <laughs> so this is what I did. So I was just trying things, and then I get out, and I thought, oh, I might be getting a bit low, so I'd go to the trainers, and they come out and give me a, a, a lolly and that. And I, yeah. Not easy playing leg footy. Take the mouth guard out, try to eat the, eat the lolly and chew on it, and then the ball's coming around. And then, on, on a lot of occasions, it coming into the uh, to the third quarter, I put my hand out to the trainer, and he came out and said, what's wrong, mate? Uh, need some lollies. Oh, sorry, mate. I got hungry. I ate He's them. eaten them all. <laughs> Goodness that's, me, it sounds like Sid McRae with the Chewies yeah, when I was that's playing. That's what I mean. Like, they're just watching the footy eat all my lollies. Amazing. So, this is uh, this is Darwaitman, folks. The flea. Uh, that eighty premiership was just so special. Bartlett and Burke made it five for the Tigers, but you had Roach, the General, Mark Lee, Jeff Rains, Robert Wiley, David Cloak, and a host of others, including yourself. Uh, what a fantastic team it was, coached by uh, Tony Jewell. Uh, take us back to that year because you destroyed the uh, Magpies in the grand final. Yeah, look, I suppose it's like one of those things. We had a mixture of really, really good senior players and also a, a bunch of young kids coming through, like Steve Mount, Greg Storm, Terry Smith, these type of blokes. That, that uh, look, and, and all those guys played with me in the, the uh, 1977 under 19 premiership for the Tigers. So we all come kind of come through together and I reckon and a lot of that work early in those years in other nines was done with Don Davenport he was a coach in under nines uh, yep. while I was there and he actually taught you what to expect for senior footy so he's teaching you things that you, he really was so you could actually when you made the if you made the grades you actually knew what was going to happen when you got to senior footy which is fantastic and Tony Jewell look he was probably um Mate, he was unbelievable because yeah. he, he was hard. He was uh, <laughs> everyone. But he, fair, uh, hard but oh, fair. Uh, hard but fair. That's what I mean. He, yeah. He just, 
and, and, he, and he really got uh, got the best out of us. I suppose, and I, on the day, I still remember, um, look, we, we were kicking, we kicked, uh, I think, a hunt over 30 goals a couple of times. That yeah, year. he did, yeah. moved yep. the ball quickly oh. in there, got it moving. You had a cloak. Roachy and cloak, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I still remember the, uh, but the um, I suppose, the sad thing leading up to the grand final, we had uh, Bruce Tempany, who did his knee uh, in the second semi, and, and he, he got up and spoke uh, what it meant to him missing the yeah. chance to play in, in a in a grand final, and all the blokes were in tears. And so, yeah. so uh, and we've uh, after it, like this is this is on the Thursday night before we played. Tony Tony Jules, he was going to go through the plan. In the end, he just said, "Right, you blokes, if you don't so and so beat this mob, yeah, we'll go and get you know whatever." Yeah. And so and that was our pre-game speech on the Thursday <laughs> night. So we've gone out there, and look, I, I must admit, Collingwood. Really, uh, you know, under Tommy Hayes, who's a super, super person and coach, God bless his soul. Yeah. He, he got them from fifth into the they play, had very played hard finals each week, and and, and we just come on. Look, it didn't matter who we were playing; we were going to, mm. and, and it showed, I suppose, in the end how um, it's amazing. It you know that you have to be there in the rooms to know when you're on and when you're not. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. just one of those days. You know, we had the same thing in '73 after we lost to Carlton in '72. But it's not about me; it's about you. Before we go, I want to just talk about the glory years of the Big V, the state of origin. We know it won't happen now because why would Richmond allow Cochin to play in a game mid-season, risking uh, injury when it's all about the national competition? The state of origin every week. But back then, it was bigger than absolutely the circus. It was on the TV, state of origin. It must have been a real buzz playing with the household names against South Australia. Oh, mate, that, that was that was the... And that's the thing about it. Look, I can see where you're coming from with Cochin... Uh, you know, not uh, not you know, because they won't let him and everything. But I always feel because I came back every time I trained and played with uh, with Victoria in the, in the with all the all the, the great players and that. I came back a better player. I learned things because I, I was on those guys at Arkster, yeah. Williams, uh, Healy, oh. these type of blokes. What they're doing, how they're doing. So I came back a better player every time. I played a state game. Yes. So it was one of those things where I would, you know, if, if they played it every two years or something like that, Cochin had come back to this footy club a better player. Yes. Everyone that played in that time would come back a better player. I, I, I can, there's no doubt in that because they're playing with the best, they're learning off the best, and you get to play against the best of another state, state of origin, which are, they're all superstars as well. So you're up against the best, at the best. So, uh, and I enjoyed it. Look, I, I really um, loved it. I had a really good association with uh, EJ Witten. Yeah. Him and I, you know, we got on pretty well. He was a, he was a character. What a buzz it was being right. around him. He, he, was, he was a superstar, EJ. Yeah. You know, the way he just loved, loved the competing about, you know, the state of origin because he played over 30 games. It was just a, look, it was a privilege for me to play uh, the, the time I did and I kept him yeah. a few lines. It was just, it was just huge. And I suppose, the biggest one, look, I, out of the 20 games I played, I only played one at the MCG. That was in 89. Yes. When 94,000 oh, people turned yes. Up. It was unbelievable. Yeah. Right? I'm thinking... Ablett, I, Ablett and oh, Dunstall uh, and Lockett in the same Lockett, side, weren't they? Oh, they were everywhere. Right? Oh, it was unbelievable. And, it was and the MCG was like the moon. There was no grass on it. And I'm sure no, that... 
that Tony Hall did his knee in that game. That's correct. It was it was rolled up. <laughs> oh, not, not laughing about Tony Hall. Mate, our time has gone. It's been fantastic, but you won't believe it. What a coincidence that Ted Witten Jr. is going to join us next week on This Is Your oh, Footy Life. And, and look, his famous father was just the icon like Ron Barassi. But Ted Witten Jr. was a magnificent player in his own right. Flea, this has been magnificent. Just let me say without embarrassing you, when the history of the game is written, you will take your rightful place. You are a star. And thanks for reminiscing today, Dale the Flea Waitman. Uh, pleasure, Rick. Thank you very much. This has been This Is Your Football Life with uh, the Flea. And if you'd like to hear the extended version of this interview, check out facebook.com forward slash Tobin Brothers Funerals or you can follow us on Twitter at Rex Football Life. There's that tweet again with that canary, folks. And this has been This Is Your Football Life. Thanks to Tobin Brothers Celebrating Lives. And join us next week, folks, from 7.30am Sunday morning on 11.16 SEN.